Hi there, this is Lisa Wilcox, Alice Johnson from the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Have fun. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank everyone who's been listening. Hey, we have another guest interview tonight. We're really excited about it. To kind of tag team with our Robert England interview, we have another Nightmare on Elm Street star, Miss Lisa Wilcox. Lisa Wilcox, most known for her role as Alice Johnson in Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5, Lisa Wilcox had stints on Star Trek The, New, the Next Generation and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure before taking a break from acting to raise her boys, but now is back full-time with a slew of projects coming up. Lisa Wilcox, thank you so much for joining us. It truly is a pleasure. How are you doing today? Well, hello, and thank you so much for such a, a lovely introduction. <laughs> I'm doing fine. Doing fine. All right, we're just going to jump into these few questions we got for you. We talked about in the intro, you stepped away from acting full-time for a while after a slew of projects in the 80s and early 90s. Can you talk about that decision some? Um, sure. Um, well, the interesting thing is that... Um, <laughs> I had a call back for Nightmare on Elm Street 4 for Alice Johnson on a Friday. And I was getting married that Sunday. 150 people attending to the wedding. I <laughs> uh, learned on my honeymoon that I booked the role of Alice Johnson. So, um, and actually came back early from my honeymoon uh, to uh, for the film. And... Uh, but we were planning to have a family. So I had, uh, we had two beautiful boys and I really wanted to be um, at home. You know, once they were going to school, I needed to stay in Los Angeles. I wanted to be room mom. I wanted to be participating. And actually I did do Bill and Ted in Vancouver when my firstborn son, uh, but he was a baby. So, you know, I could, I could, you know, be in Vancouver for three months, no problem. Right. right. Uh, you know, everyone came with me, but uh, but once I started school, I, I really I made the decision. I, I really want to be, you know, a mom. So. Absolutely. Um. Uh, so you have a lot of projects coming up. One of them being Bloody Man, uh, where you're back with your Nightmare Four co-star Tuesday Night, which awesome name by the way. We were just right. talking about that. Uh, <laughs> can you can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, how how is it working with her again after all these years? Well, here's what's interesting is we are in the same movie, but we have no scenes together. Oh, no. That's so weird. <laughs> uh, isn't that weird? It but is. we were so excited to be in the same movie. But, um, yeah, no, we, we didn't have any scenes. Um, in fact, she filmed before I did. We filmed this in Kentucky, actually. And she literally left the day they had finished, completed her photography, her principal photography, the day I flew in. So she flew out, and then I flew in, and we so we totally missed each wow. other. But uh, but it's still really fun. Uh, there's already a poster made, T-shirts, all of this in um, 
of course, with this COVID time, you know, things are being delayed, but, uh, but the movie's ready, right? Movie's ready to go and ready to come out. Okay. Well, speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street 4, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't touch on your most famous character, Alex Johnson, uh, Alice Johnson some. How did you get that role? And can you speak a little bit about that process? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, so I, I just graduated from college from UCLA with theater arts degree. And I had an agent and a manager. And my manager, Michael, said, Lisa, I'm putting you up for Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing because I'm a huge horror fan. I have been right. since I was like born, and um, and then it, it was then a month went by and he said, well, you know, I'm really really trying, but they're not, they don't want to see you, they don't want to uh, audition you. Um, see, back then I had platinum virgin blonde hair, the barbazon makeup. Uh, if you saw my headshot, I mean, I was like, looked like Miss Cheerleader. Okay. Right, right. And they were like, no, we're not going to see it. <laughs> so like, this is the, I didn't look like an Alice Johnson, the, you know, the with. So, um, and Annette Benning is actually the, the casting director. I think she cast all of the Nightmare on Elm Street. And she's the one who told, told me the story of how this all came about. So they literally auditioned over 700 actresses for the role of Alice. And they wow. could not find, they couldn't find their Alice. So they went back through their reject, the rejection pile. Hello. Hi. That's where I was proudly, <laughs> proudly in and finally had an opportunity to audition. And I went in, no makeup, dirty hair. I wore my worst color, which is pale yellow. If you don't have a tan, pale yellow is going to be your worst color. So, and I, yes, t-shirt. I went in an audition and Tuesday had already been cast. She was the first one to be cast because she, they needed to, re, they needed to replace Patricia Arquette. Right. So, so, so anyway, so she's in the room and I audition and I completely related to Alice Johnson. When I read the script, I was just blown away. I mean, that Alice is totally me. Grade school, junior high, completely. I was very introverted. Um, and, and you know, the, the girls were wearing makeup. I didn't wear makeup, you know. Anyway, and in so many other ways, I related to the, char related to the character. So I auditioned. Then I had a callback on that Friday before I was getting married. And, and I booked it and wow. Annette Johnson told me, you know, all these gals and Tuesday too. In fact, Tuesday told me that it was, be and Rennie Harlan, of course, was there too, the director. Right. When I auditioned, um, but Tuesday said it was between Lisa's, <laughs> me and another Lisa. Wow. And Tuesday's like, Tuesday's like, no, Lisa Wilcox, she's the one. Cause I read the scene with her. And, uh, so Tuesday and I give her credit. She cast me. <laughs> uh, speaking of the character of Alice, she has such a great arc as far as where she starts. It's kind of like the shy, timid character and just ends up turning into a badass. I, I'm pretty sure she's the only, quote unquote, final girl in the series that, that beats Freddy twice. Um, can you touch on that and, and her, her story arc and how much influence did you have over that character direction? Um, no, that's a great question. Um, and it's true. When I read the script, I was, any actor wants to play a character that has change, where change happens. There's that character arc. Right. And boy, does Alice Johnson have one in yes. one little, one movie from, I mean, total turnaround. So it was quite a 
a, a responsibility on on my behalf as a as a performer to be as consistent as possible because you have to understand you know we don't film scenes one two three four they're all out of order they're all right. over the place so mm -hmm. in the script i wrote down for every scene who had died by then <laughs> right who, who whose personality traits had i captured by then right right we might film scene three and then do scene 57 on in one day but i in order to maintain consistency and to make it believable that alice johnson goes from shy and introverted to badass uh, that was my job to make it as believable as, as possible so that was that was the challenge definitely and um I still, you know, I think it's such a great script, and I believe it came out quite believable. You know, like all of right. a sudden she's shy, and all of a sudden she's tough. And also the way the script, what I love that helped to develop that character is Alice Johnson taking the pictures off the mirror. Yes. Little yep. by little. Yep. Yes. Little by little, revealing her eye, revealing both eyes, revealing her looking at herself. So I give the script a lot of credit for making it. Um, a part that it was believable, you know? Absolutely. You play Alice Johnson in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. You return as Alice in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, uh, The Dream Child. Were you contacted at all about being a part of Freddy's Dead? Uh, would you have done it if you were? No, I was not contacted for it. Um, I Sure, I would have done it. Right. Um, of course, I think I would have been pregnant then, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but no, I um, yeah no, they just went a whole different uh, direction, you know, after four and five. Right. Completely right. new story. You know, it's like well, right. Jake and Alice dropped off the face of the planet. <laughs> I was gonna say, from my end, I would have just liked to continue the continuity, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not the first to say that. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have kind of wondered, well, what happened to that storyline? Because obviously it was a very strong storyline in two Absolutely. films, you know, with Alice and Jacob. So, but you never know. Yeah, um, yeah. Something's in development. Um, so I can't say any more than okay. that. Okay. I like that. Okay. I'm glad, okay. I'm glad That's I asked fair. that question. All That's right. That's great. Yes. Yes, almost, yes, yes. Man, I Very almost good. don't want to change the subject now. <laughs> don't dig, don't dig. Let it in. I know. So, I can't say anything until you know, I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Right, absolutely. Awesome. I understand. I understand completely. Um, yeah. so this is Brian and and you know, I talked earlier, but I, I actually am a pretty big Star Trek nerd and usually keep that under wraps. I think my co host don't even know that. <laughs> that, that before I just said that. But uh can you speak a little bit um on your to your stint on uh, Star Trek The Next Generation? Oh my goodness. Wow. Was that something? I mean, first of all, it's the Star Trek, okay? I mean, I watched the old ones, you know, the original Star Treks growing up, like many of us did, and I think it's hysterical that you keep that under your hat. But Star Trek, because <laughs> it's true, is generally that you're either into horror or into sci-fi. You're into one or the other, not both. There's very right. few that are into both, right? And if you're into sci-fi and you're and the other person standing next to you is into horror, they're going to be, like, slap you. So, right. <laughs> um, so I haven't told but, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm more horror myself. <laughs> so um, that was done the regular way. I was submitted 
for the audition. I got the audition. It was a hallway at Paramount Studios, packed, packed. In fact, I'll never forget Tracy Lord's also auditioned for the role of Utah that I played <laughs> in Star Trek. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, um, but there is all of us because when you go on auditions, you're gonna see the same actors repeating because we we typically would go up for the same kind of roles, you know. But anyway, um, I again just so that when I read the script, it would just it grabbed me. I totally understood the character and um and and booked it. And I'll I'll just say that it was a tremendous experience. Um, first of all, Paramount Studios is the most beautiful studio in the world, in my opinion. It's absolutely gorgeous. And the sound stages that they built for Star Trek Next Gen, literally you walk into this ginormous football stadium size, you know, sound stage, and they have literally built a planet. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you walk in and you feel like you are on some kind of somewhere else. Um, and, uh, it's kind of interesting. A few years later, um, <laughs> uh, I had gotten a divorce. Well, that all came about kind of when I had to leave the honeymoon early for the movie. Anyway, <laughs> but we, we unfortunately, had, so I was looking for a house to rent, and I found this darling little house in Burbank on Rose Street, and um, it turned out to be Patrick Stewart's fiance's house. They were building their big house in Pacific Palisades at the beach for two years though they lived in her house in Burbank this darling Spanish style house and so I my realtor I had a realtor was helping to find a house and then she's talking to the realtor of this house on Rose Street and they put it together I'm like oh Patrick knows Lisa from Star Trek Next Generation. So literally I went to the house and there were a bunch of people who wanted this 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 house. Um, Patrick had a show in Anaheim an autograph show and he and his fiance drove up in a van from Anaheim and he's like, Lisa, how are you, darling? And then his, and then his fiance, so they're showing me the house, which I did get by the way. Um, and she, and she would be like, Patrick, we have to get that fence fixed, honey. You have to fix the fence. This is hysterical. This is Patrick Stewart. Hello. Right, of okay. All <laughs> of all people showing in the house. And then when I moved in, I was kind of like, I'd be in the bedroom and going, Patrick Stewart slept here when he woke up and saw the same deal. Um, Patrick Stewart used this bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty wild. Anyway, such a lovely man. Um, and interesting enough, um, I, there had to have been a hundreds, if not thousands, of guest star roles. And I feel quite honored that I ended up on the Star Trek Next Generation Monopoly board as a property. And in, <laughs> oh. and in, wow. yes, and in the little booklet, there's a whole description of my character and the Trelestas and this and that. But yeah, I'm like in the St. James Arena area of the Monopoly board. Yeah, um, okay. yeah so... It was uh, it was pretty cool. I think too, because you know in Star Trek they don't kill very often. You know it's all about right. peace. And, but I I do get it's a tragic love story. I am killed by the captain has to kill me anyway. It's very sad. <laughs> so, so so there's my story about Star Trek. That's awesome. Thank <laughs> yeah, you so much. How is it that you made it through Freddy Krueger twice but died on Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, exactly, because people are like, so, because, you know, I used to get, I used to be so upset that I didn't get killed on Nightmare on Elm Street. I was like, I never got my death oh, wow. scene. 
because well, so many characters got yeah, of course. Yeah. I was like, why did I get left out? I didn't get dusting. And then <laughs> one day, a light bulb went off, and I went, oh, I didn't get killed. I'm yeah. still alive. I can come back for third. There you go. Alice lives. Hence, <laughs> I have T-shirts. That I've say, seen them. Yes. Yes. They're, Alice, yes. they're incredible. Thank you. <laughs> so, moving back to your current projects, what can you tell us about the new movie you have coming up called uh, Mystery Spot? The IMDb says it takes place mostly in a hotel. Yes, it does. Um, picture one of those off-the-road, one-level hotels built in, like, 1979. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we filmed in this darling town, Hempstead, Texas. And we literally stayed in the hotel, which only had, like, ten rooms. And we filmed at the hotel as well. The owners had a property about 11 acres and they have a, their main house is two main houses, one for their parents and one for themselves, literally right next to the, the hotel. And it was incredibly gorgeous. Um, on the sides of us were pastures and there were donkeys and cows and, and armadillos. I would see every morning armadillos running around, you know, digging for their insects. It was it was an amazing experience. The script too was, um, it's a beautiful script. Um, it deals with suicide, depression, and also uh, life. And it was it's a wonderful role that I got to play. The script was about 110 pages. I have dialogue and monologue 70 pages of this film. Wow. <laughs> and um. I'm telling you, memorizing, oh my goodness, I'm not 18 anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But I had a lot, I had a a lot on my shoulders to, to prepare. Um, But it was, it's a, I I cannot wait for you all to see this film. I just, I just can't wait. I'm super proud of it. Amazing characters uh, and a, a great experience. I would call it. It's not really a horror film. It's I think more like a psychological thriller, I would call right. it. Well, we love those, uh, too. Yeah, <laughs> yep. okay. And it's a very um, character-driven script, for sure. Nice. You know, we, we are on location in this one place, and it's about getting the characters and relating to them. So, um, really excited. Okay, so we have to ask about Killer Babes and the Frightening Film Fiasco. Just that title kind of like, you know, grabs my attention. Can you tell us what this movie is about and what character you played? Also, it seems kind of has like a meta, you know, like a meta feel in the title. So tell us about that movie and the role you played. Um, okay, we were supposed to start filming this May. That unfortunately has been pushed. Right, right. Um, and all I can say is that – oh, there's me. All I can say is that my um, – I play a witch. We're going to be filming in a castle. Okay. And I'm working with actress Debbie Rashan. And she's the one who actually got me on board with this team. And that's about all I can say right okay. now. But it's, okay. it's, you get it. Oh, right. Witches and a castle. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, witches of Eastwick. <laughs> I follow Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh my gosh, I just love her. Anyway, so just kind of think witches of Eastwick kind of thing. Something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. And I've never gotten to play a witch before. And nor have I ever filmed 
in a castle. And this is going to be another one where we're going to yeah, be living in the awesome. castle. Yeah. yeah. I'm super excited about that. So anyway, he already reached out to see about dates for July or August. Of course, you know, we just don't know yet what's happening. Right. But um, but yeah, we'll, we'll film this year, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So you also played Nurse Owens in the horror web series Fear Clinic, uh, which pitted you back together with Robert England. How was it to work with him again? And, you know, like we said earlier, we just had him on the show last week. And he's really just, he's got tremendous energy around him. He's a lot of fun to interact with. So what can you tell us yeah. about that? Oh my God, Robert. Okay, we, we all call him Robert. He's my uncle Robert. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, we do a lot of shows together and travel, and we are family. We are da- just we are our family. Um, he's uh, supportive, always supportive of us, as we are supportive of him. And yeah, he has so much energy. He's so intelligent. I mean, he is. He is the most intelligent man I think I have ever met. He can yes. talk from anything architecture to oh and film of course and and he remembers things like he his memory is amazing and he's so well read and anyway I'm he's just such a most most impressive man um but yeah we did this nurse owens and I think oh we just it was a great great concept for a a, a film you know and what a per, what perfect casting right and also to work with Kane Hodder and also Daniel Harris as well in this in oh, this yeah. project and it just it just got lost. Um, I'm trying to think who who produced it, but got sold. And you know, it, Fear Clinic just kind of fell between the cracks, you know. Right. And then they did do a film, and Robert said he had just assumed I was in the film, and he went on set. And he's like, "Where's Lisa? Where's Lisa? <laughs> I wasn't cast in the film, you know." Uh, Lisa, right. I yeah. know. If, if Robert I know. had asked that a few, you know, a little bit yeah. earlier, he might have been on the film. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just assumed I would be there. I was his like his right arm, his left arm, whatever in the in the web web series, you know. Um, and I think one of my favorite parts about the movie was my outfit. Okay, the the cot the wardrobe was so good. I'm wearing this like black dress, buttoned down to the cleavage, tight. It had this very Germanic kind of right. feel. Um, and and uh, great special effects. I. You know, Robert and I, it, we talk about it and just don't understand why it just didn't continue on. But again, it's just projects all between the cracks sometimes, you know, they just do. Yeah, so we asked Robert this question, too, and I wanted to uh, ask it of you as well. Um, are you finding that fans of yours from, you know, the old the nightmare days are, are grown up and are now writers and directors and hitting you up for jobs now that you're back in the business full time? Oh, absolutely. No question about That's it. Awesome. Um, these kids, these kids that were nine or 12 or, you know, whatever, and saw Nightmare on Elm Street um, made such an impression on them that, yeah, they became creatives, whether a writer or behind the scenes. Um, gosh, when you do the conventions in the vendor room, these amazing, talented artists and this and that, and they're like, yeah, Nightmare 4 was the first one I saw in the theater. Nightmare was the first one I saw in the theater, and uh, I definitely have booked many, many jobs through, uh, you know, the boys and girls that grew up. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah. Which I know, which is a, what, well, I mean, what kind of compliment is that? And it's just a huge compliment. So Absolutely. it's also so, and it also what's so fun is that, you know, we now have generations. We have mom and dad and right. we have grammy mm-hmm. and grandpa and then we have the grandkids 
So we have three generations standing in front of us who have been following these films. And, you know, believe me, and you could ask any of us back in the 80s, did we even dream that this would be <laughs> the scenario today? Right. Nope. <laughs> no. So I feel, I just feel so really incredibly grateful. But it is a, it is a, the, the series definitely has impact <laughs> on society, pop culture, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Ms. Wilcox, I got a change of pace question for you here. Uh, mm-hmm. You frequent tons of horror conventions. Is there anything that stands out to you as the oddest thing you have seen or <laughs> or been asked to do with any of them? I know us <laughs> horror fans can be kind of extreme in, in, in our actions and ways. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have to say everyone is just the most lovely, fun group. And we are a very extroverted series, all of us. We go to the bar. We hang out. We socialize with everybody. We love it. It is one big party. We are not the type that just goes to our room, okay? No, 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 no. This is an event for us uh, as, as well as everybody else. And I can't say I've been ha- – I've- I've I've signed some um, legs for tattoos. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's and I like signed my name, and then they had it tattooed after at the show because a lot of nice. times there's tattoos at the shows. So that's like I'm like, oh my god, really? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I get really excited, and um, but I think what I enjoy is the the costumes, that the yeah. the the cosplay is unbelievable there's this gal melanie she's from england she's actually french but she lives in england melanie and she and her boyfriend i'm telling you they do to the t and every time i see her she's like wait till the next convention i've got another one that i'm doing but she it's just i'm just blown away by um that that devotion and also just the talent to even you know figure out an alice johnson you know, restaurant her uniform, or to do Greta right. from Nightmare Five in the thing, and it's oh my gosh, it's so much fun. So and and also just everyone else. There's so many great costumes, people on stilts, people doing oh my gosh, it's just it's dang it, so damn fabulous. So it's fun. Uh, you mentioned uh, reaching new generations. I just want to point this out. We had uh, like I said, we had Robert on the other day. We had you, and so I decided to watch part four again because. I like part four a lot and, and I, you know, I have a nephew and he's 12 and he, <laughs> he, he kind of, he kind of isn't quite there with horror yet. You know, they can still kind of get him a little bit. Um, but I showed him four and then he's a big fan of yours now. I just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so great. Well, you know, I tell you four, cause you know, some people ask, uh, what do you, what do you think gives nightmare four? Cause it, it did end up, well, Rodney Eastman and I, bicker about this all the time which one made more at the box office nightmare three or nightmare four believe me we're like brother and sister it's totally fun bickering but i think four i just made the best but it's interesting to me because it was like a it's like a date movie right. when do you see a monster on the beach in bright sunlight putting on ray-bans i mean you know, <laughs> right. it's, like, it's like and there's so many fun jokes and fun gags and fun deaths as it were you know right um that um so i'm so happy what's your ne- what's your nephew's name jackson jackson yeah all right jackson this is lisa wilcox alice john <laughs> you be good to your uncle you hear me okay <laughs> that's right, that's right. Be good boy 
All right. That's and right. I'm glad you enjoyed four. <laughs> Come by my table. Give me an autograph. So speak, speaking of speaking of that, you're going to be at a virtual con for Wizard World on April 25th. I mean, I assume that's still happening with all this coronavirus stuff happening. Yep. Yep, it okay. is. Um, first time ever kind of thing done, you know, so they're kind of working out the kinks, but they already had Supernatural. And then they had, they just did Once Upon a Time, I believe that was yesterday. And um, it's, it's going very smoothly, going very smoothly. Um, and I just think it's great to have this innovation and this thought process to, well, we're going to live on, we're going to at least try to, you know, imitate life. You know, we're allowed out of our, out of our house again. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm I am doing it, and I think there's about probably eight of us, eight of us, I think, that are going to be doing it from the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Oh, okay, great. So, yeah, I will. Uh, once I get the link or whatever, I, I'm gonna I will start publicizing on my you know social media. So yeah, join in, and it's kind of fun because you can actually see right. like on the side all everyone coming in with questions and. All that it's 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 very fun. I mean, obviously, this is never going to replace the real deal, you know. Right. right. Um, but at, at least we have something to look forward to, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Miss Wilcox, I just wanted to thank you. You did a cameo for us, and I just wanted to give you a shout out for that. Uh, you did a like an intro for our show, and I really, really, we really appreciate that because you know we're hosts of this show, but we're fans of you know your work before all that, so we really appreciate that. Um, oh, like I said, you can find Miss Lisa Wilcox on Cameo. Uh, Miss Wilcox, is there anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, what's your website address where they can buy some merchandise, maybe? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's Lisa E. Wilcox. E stands for Elizabeth, my middle name. LisaEWilcox.com. Um, I have these really fun little mini nunchucks. You yes. guys, okay? Yes, I saw and... them. I thought they were real big ones. I was about to buy no, some. Oh, <laughs> shoot, no. Well, if they were big ones, they would not be $15. <laughs> oh, that's very true. <laughs> but I have sold real nunchucks. I have brought real nunchucks. They're illegal in four states. One of them is California, in fact. Oh, okay. But I would buy them actually in Nevada. Um, but they're sort, but they're little mini nunchucks, 15 bucks, and it's a refrigerator magnet. It also comes with an extra magnet, so you can wear it like a pin. You can wear it like an earring or a, or a nose ring, whatever. Where you want to do it? We'll do it better. Um, and they're really cool. Gabe Lapierre, super talented. Uh, someone I met at a convention walking around the vendor room, and I went, oh, my God, your stuff's amazing. And anyway, he they're handmade. Um, there's also 8x10 pictures, and there's also Alice Lives t-shirts. So, yeah, please do, um, yeah, visit that. It'd be great. Awesome. Uh, Miss Wilcox, uh, thank you for the interview. I have one more quick question, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Was was the Roach Motel kill the best one in Nightmare on Elm Street 4? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably say yes, because uh, <laughs> because that character, Debbie, um, played by Brooke Thies, she's the only one who got an action figure. So we all kind of are very jealous of her because right. she has an action figure and we don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really love so, that anyway, kill. I yeah, just I wanted her. to ask you about that. Yeah, we love yeah, I love that kill too. <laughs> so. 
it's amazing. You have Screaming Mad George working on that. Oh my God, are you kidding? And they <laughs> they they tortured that poor girl, but but she loved it. And well, Brooke, these if you ever get to interview her, she's just a joy. She's the most like positive, optimistic person I've ever met in my life. She's amazing. Anyway, yeah, yep, Roche Mattel, woohoo! All right, oh, I got one more one more kill question. One more kill yeah. question, and, th- and yeah. this is this is for you specifically. You said you never got killed in these movies. It, let's say hypothetically, go back in time, you did get killed. How would you like to be killed in this movie, or in part five? Oh, I think what would be terrifying is to be like covered with bugs. Again, we're kind of Roach Motel, but she becomes a cockroach. I think maybe being covered with spiders or something and like bitten to death, bitten okay. to death. Okay. I think that would just be totally terrifying. Right. Yeah. By Oof. some kind of spider or some kind mm. of uh, or lizards, some kind of mm. poisonous lizard. Ooh, right? You're getting creeped out, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Oh. All right. Just picture Alice Johnson covered with spiders. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad Alice lives. <laughs> oh, I agree. Right. Me, me too. <laughs> uh, Miss Wilcox, we just want we just want to all thank you uh, for joining yes. us today. Uh, it's been an honor to talk to you. You know, getting to talk to Robert England and now Miss Lisa Wilcox, it was it's been a true honor for us as horror <laughs> fans, and we really appreciate your time. Oh, you know what? Just thank you, thank you so much for enjoying the the franchise, enjoying the characters, enjoying. You know, just we 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 love you guys. We we really do. So thank you. All right, Mwah. kisses. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.